fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You finally made it to the end of the week. It is a Friday. It is the greatest day of the entire week. Welcome into the show. This is the Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station all over the country on radio, TV, live streaming, plus our podcasting thereafter as well. Welcome aboard your Millennial General reporting for duty. And boy, do we have a show lined up for you today. It's been a crazy week. There have been more days this week with multiple guests on the program than there have not been, which is a good thing. I'm kind of excited about that. We've talked to a lot of people, covered a lot of ground, and we're going to do that again today. Welcome in. You can find us all over on our live stream with our social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch.tv, plus OurFreedomBook.com, and of course the website at HoosierReason.com. Coming up at the bottom of the hour... John Hart, Conservative Coalition for Climate Solution. He'll be joining us talking about the future of the Republican Party. Are we starting to get our act together? We kicked out Liz Cheney from leadership. We're trying to clean up the party, trying to get prepped for the midterm elections. Are we cleaning up our act or will the rhino establishment take over the country further? We'll talk about that here in just a little bit as well. Plus, we have some news from the Democrats. The one Democrat in particular, I'm surprised that's actually still a member of of the Democrat Party, and I'm shocked that the Democrat Party even allows her to stay in that party. We'll get to that in just a second as well. But I don't want to waste any time because I'm super excited about our guest to kick off the program today with us here for a Friday as we talk about the East Coast and what the heck is going on on the East Coast, the gas shortage, the rising gas prices all over the nation with the hacking of the pipeline. I thought the other side didn't like pipelines. I thought we protested. I thought pipelines were really, really bad. But now they're upset because the pipeline was hacked and they had to stop it and they had to pay the ransom and now they're getting back up. But we could see, I heard up to like $7 a gallon of gas in the state of Georgia at some point until they get up back up to where they need to be. 90% of gas stations in the Washington, D.C. area completely out of gas. There's, I guess, a pandemic in itself right there. But where the heck did this come from? And the uh, environmentalists, what are they saying about this? Because they don't like the pipelines anyway. So when you try and stop it, this is what happens. Are they okay with it? Are they not okay with uh, with it? We'll talk about all that here with our next guest. He's the executive director for the CO2 Coalition, also author of the book Inconvenient Facts, the science that Al Gore doesn't want you to know. We love having him on the program. We have him on every time we get a chance to. Mr. Gregory Wrightstone with us. Greg, how are you, my friend? Oh, boy, I would love to stay on and uh, talk. Was it Mr. Harp, is it? Uh, John Hart. Yeah, he's a, he's a great Hart. guy. Absolutely. Uh, but is, isn't he touting the conservative solution for climate change is carbon, more carbon taxation is what I understand. Mm, well, and, that's going to be an interesting conversation then. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> I believe he's assuming that we, we are in a climate crisis and we have to act. And that there, he wants to bring a concern. Is maybe I've got him mixed up with somebody else, but there are a number of con- people out there calling themselves conservatives, but they're advancing carbon taxation that'll hurt the poorest among us the most. Uh, we have to, we have to push back against against these these faux conservatives. Well, if that's uh, that the are, case, we're in for a fun, feisty discussion at the bottom of the hour. Then yeah. that'll be entertaining. Okay, what? Well, 
and if if I'm wrong, I apologize in advance. But yeah, but there's there's a there's a huge push, and we're push. We have to see a two coalition. We're 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 the the the, the tip of the spear when it comes to uh, promoting uh, the science that that actually supports our notion that there is no climate crisis, there is no climate emergency, and that the world and the earth and its ecosystems are thriving and prospering, and we're all benefiting from it. And in fact, part of that. Uh, your farmers in the area should be very glad there's a lot of CO2 because it's driving crop growth, not just not just there, but all over the earth. In fact, I just saw today there was they're predicting a third record harvest. This would be bad news for your wheat growers in the area, but India is grows a lot of wheat, believe it or not, and they're predicting a a, a third record breaking year in a row for for their wheat uh, production there. Wow. And that's because, partly, uh, because of of slight warming and and increasing CO two is just turbocharging crop growth, plant growth, tree growth. I was going to say you've mentioned uh, this a lot of times before. Is that because of the increase in CO two, we see more vegetation? And as you've talked about in the past as well, with the history timeline of the globe, is that when there was warming periods, there was more vegetation, there was more CO two, and therefore that's when we see like the pictures of like back in the dinosaur era with the vegetation being ten times the size that it was today, right? Well, things were things have changed. Different types of vegetation now, but yeah, you're right, and it's. It's it's a CO2 fertilization effect. And one of the things we may not have talked about, and your listeners would be interested to, to learn this, with more CO2, um, plants are resistant to drought, more resistant to drought. They, they don't need as much water. And why is that, you might ask, Greg? Well, it's because they don't, because there's more CO2, they don't have to breathe in and out. We call it uh, transpiration. It's the transpiration process. And that's that's where plants lose a huge amount of moisture is in that transpiration process. It's it's the second largest uh, contributor to soil moisture loss. Of course, the first is evaporation. I mean that that's obvious. But the second is the amount of of uh, water that's sucked up out of the ground from plants and grass, and trees, and all, all plants, and they need less water. So there, there's more water moisture content. And that means that we're seeing greening of desert areas, uh, and that's one of the reasons the people, the Canadian Fire Service, uh, believes that's one of the main drivers for their uh, decades-long decline of of the number and area burn of fires. Wow! Well, it's fascinating to see how how misrepresented this entire discussion has been throughout the mainstream media, the politicians, all these different Green New Deals and different environmentalist bills and even environmentalist activists, how much we just get wrong because of the narrative. Because right now, I'm assuming, I don't know how many people still buy into it, but I'm sure there's a large portion on the other side of the political aisle that still go along with the Al Gore mentality of climate change. Yeah, and I, I will contend that's because they haven't heard the facts. Mm. They, it's been hidden, hidden from them. We're not People like me, and the scientists of the CO2 coalition, we're, we're not permitted to speak up and speak out. In fact, right now, uh, I'm in the middle of this fight with Facebook censorship. Uh, I had a commentary published on Earth Day in the, in the Washington Times. Uh, the title of it was, There Is No Climate Crisis. We Love CO2, and So Should You. Uh, and I bet that went over well. Facebook yeah, well, the Washington Times put it up on their Facebook page, and, and they got censored, got it taken down. Facebook's climate feedback, the, the people they use to review these type of things, 
uh, called it false and misleading. So they came to me, the editorial staff at the Washington Times, and said, Greg, we need we need you to rebut, you know, and these the rebut what they said, and I did. So I've just finished that. Actually, sent that off to them this morning, uh, and I was able to utilize eight of the top scientists in the world that belong to the CO2 coalition wow. uh, to combat what they said. So we hit them with a sledgehammer. It, it was kind of fun to do. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, can I, I can imagine. I've been censored. I don't know how many times I'm. Facebook, I'm on strike number two on my YouTube channel already with some of the stuff we talk about here. It's just they don't care. They want to silence it. And and when you lay down the hammer like you guys did, I'm so glad you did. Then hopefully they'll release that and leave the heck you guys alone from there on out. Uh, because we need to. We need to fight back from this because the information's not getting out the way that it needs to. Yeah. Well, we got, again, you might be interested, is that last year, Facebook came after us uh, twice. Well, we were attacked not just by Facebook. Uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren, uh, Senator uh, uh, Schilstein, and two other United States uh, senators wrote a letter to Zuckerberg demanding that the CO2 Coalition Facebook page be censored. (laughs) Two weeks later, Tom Steyer uh, and, and others in 17 environmental groups again wrote a letter and signed it that uh, that they needed to stifle and censor the CO2 coalition. So, you know, there, there was a saying in World War II, if you're taking a lot of flack, you're probably right over the target. So, uh, you know, I, I think what that means is we've been pretty – pretty effective yeah uh, and we're still we're still doing it yeah no you guys are great i love it gregory wrightstone uh, co2 coalition also the book inconvenient facts we got a few minutes here but i did want to bring you to talk about this gas shortage because i thought the environmentalists didn't like pipelines but now everybody seems to be panicking and filling grocery bags and, and garbage bags full of gasoline because they're panicking about a lack of gasoline from the pipeline. Exactly. Isn't that rich? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's crazy. But, you know, there's a story in this really goes back to wind and solar and this electrification. You know, we could get around this colonial pipeline uh, misinformation or not misinformation, but the, the lack of, of gasoline liquids moving through that pipeline. It would take a while to be uncomfortable. We could do it by trucking, by rail, by ship. Uh, we could. This was a distribution problem, not a supply problem. The problem we're going to have in the in the future with wind and solar is we're looking looking just as Texas gave us a warning shot across the bow uh, back in February. We're going to be seeing more and more Texas style uh, electric outages, and that's a much more difficult problem to cure than a distribution problem. Uh, is this lack of supply, which is is uh, just going to be exacerbated by our continuing use uh, and move toward toward these unreliables, as I call them? They're they're not they're not reliable. They're not affordable, and they're not abundant. And those are the three things we need for electricity. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that with uh, with Texas and when they lost power back in February. I mean that extreme cold front obviously hit a lot of people. But they say it was because that the electric uh, grid and that the their utilities, they were marginalized to smaller districts as opposed to a statewide or a regional thing when they actually were just denied being able to fire up certain coal plants from the federal government. Do you think that that's what we need to get back to is more regional and district-wide uh, 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 energy power plants? Or do you like statewide things? Do we like national things? I mean, what would be the best way to well, properly distribute energy here? Well, Texas was kind of limited in their own grid. Whereas uh, if you look around most of the United States, these are multi-state 
grid system. So it spread out a much larger area, which may be a better way to go uh, than this. So you're not so one power outage from one area doesn't affect uh, it's spread out over larger areas. So the, the net effect of everybody's not as great. Uh, but you know they tried to blame it on natural gas, but actually natural gas rose to the task during Texas blackouts. Uh, actually stepped up quite a bit. They, and the problem was they couldn't step up enough, right? Because actually the week before, wind had now this was unusual that it got this high, but they were supplying forty percent of the electricity for Texas for a brief period a week before, and then it went to near it went from that to nearly zero. Now if you're going to do that, that's a problem. No matter you know it's hard to it's hard to do that. What you need with with wind and solar, you need to have actually three times as much uh, uh, faceplate electricity uh, for the wind, you, you need to have that in backup in, in a reliable thermal energy like coal or natural gas or nuclear. Sure. Yeah, well, Greg, we could go for a full hour. I love talking to you, and you got so much information. We're out of time, my friend. Inconvenientfacts.xyz is the website. Make sure to check out that for the book. Also, the CO2 Coalition, co2coalition.org. But it's great to talk to you again. Keep up this fight, and let's keep getting this information out, because I think people, once they realize the facts, they can actually warm up to this stuff. So I appreciate the time, my friend. Thank you. Hey, always a pleasure right there. Gregory Wrightson, we'll get him back on the program. We will want to get him on for a full hour here at some point on the program. We'll take a break. we got lots to get to. Plus, John Hart, we'll talk to him at the bottom of the hour, see what he has to say. I'll have to throw in some of these environmental ideas past him as well and get his take on it. All coming up for a Friday episode here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online helping you defend and preserve this great republic.
You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a Friday. The We used to call it the free, uh, free-for-all Friday. I think we're just going to call it the Freedom Friday. You can give us a call. You can't give us a call right now. You can email us, though. Hoosier Media Network at gmail.com. Hoosier Media Network at gmail.com. Plus, you can leave the comments on the social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn, also on the twitch.tv and the Instagram and the TikTok and the ourfreedombook.com. We got way too many social media sites, man. There's just, <laughs> I can't keep up with all of them. By the way, I have to admit, thanks again to Gregory Wrightstone coming on the program, CO2 Coalition, always a great guest. We love having him on the show. He goes on a lot of different talk shows, but we were the first ones to have him on, so I'm super excited about that, and we love having him on the program i am i have to admit i am I, i've been joking over the last few weeks that i feel very old as i'm getting older we've seen the stories about the millennials getting into their like even 40s now i am not in my 40s yet but i still feel relatively old and then i see what the younger generations do and i just shake my head at times but there are times where i have to say i'm kind of glad that i'm not in that younger demo with the craziness in the world today and i really don't know how my daughter, a little voice of reason, is going to handle these issues when she gets to a certain age. For example, the dating scene gets crazier every single day. Now, with the genders already confused, I mean, I don't know how I would go about the dating scene with the gender thing, especially with the male thing and being an ultra-masculine, quote-unquote, kind of guy. I guess I'll be considered that in today's times, right? Ultra-masculinity, that's really bad, right? You can't do that. You need a confession booth for your masculinity. I, I know. It's a really bad thing, right? So I don't know how I would deal with that during if I was back in that younger time. But now, with the COVID issue, it's taken it to another level. Not only do you have to worry about ultra-masculine kind of guys and trying to you know do stupid things like guys do to get the attention of females, because that's just how the human species has been able to evolve and survive over the last couple thousand years. If we didn't have guys doing stupid things to get the attention of females, then the species would have died out years ago. Just throwing that out there. That's the way we do things. Is you do stupid things, you act super macho, you hurt yourself to get the attention of females. That's kind of how the evolution system works here. But it's taken it to another level. Now there are dating sites that have you certified on whether you've gotten the vaccine or not for COVID-19. I, I know. According to the latest, all of them between Tinder, Hinge, Match, OkCupid, BLK, Chispa, I don't even know any of these, Plenty of Fish, Bumble, uh, Plenty of Fish, really? Uh, Bumble and Badoo. <laughs> hey, where are you going to go find a girl? I'm going to go to Badoo. <laughs> I don't know where they come up with these names. They're all apparently dating sites that you can have and you can sign up for, but all of them are now working with the federal government in the White House, all signed by Joe Biden. <laughs> He's probably on one of them as well, adding vaccination statuses to your account if you're on these dating sites. So now if you're swiping through, I know, Tinder, you have to do the swipe right or swipe left, right? Is it right for yes or and left for no? I don't know. Whatever. You have to swipe one way or the other for one of the sites, and you go on there, and you're like, hey, they're kind of cute. All right, maybe I'll look into them. Oh, they don't have the vaccine. Sorry, you're off my list. Is that what we're getting to today? We're now going to start marginalizing individuals based on the lack of vaccination, even on dating sites. Usually, people don't know your medical history on the first date. Most of the time. 
most of the time. You usually don't know the medical history. But now I guess with today with so many um, individuals out there that are paranoid and scared to death about surviving in the wilderness all by yourself without a vaccine, maybe they would just show up with a mask already prepared, assuming that you don't have the vaccine. and then, Or maybe you do, assuming you are having the vaccine, because if you don't, then you don't even want to be anywhere near them and you would still have to wear like two or three masks, right? Because then they would be spreading the virus. They're trying to kill people. But the latest dating sites now adding the vaccination status on your profile so you can begin selectively choosing whether you want to date somebody that has not gotten the vaccine because you are unclean, you're dirty, and you're filthy. The future of dating in America. Welcome to it. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are. Welcome back into the program. Halfway through it today for a Friday. goes by way too fast. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation. One radio listener at a time. Radio and TV plus the live stream and the podcast. All of it with our social media tag at Hoosier Reason. Also on the website at HoosierReason.com. Boy, it goes by too fast. Trying to cram all this in here. All right, let's get to our next guest. I am excited to have him on the program. We've had him on before. It's been a little bit, though, so uh, glad to have him back. He is the co-founder and executive director of the Conservative Coalition for Climate Solution. Excited to have back on here Mr. John Hart. John, how are you, my friend? I'm great. It's good to be on, Andy. Yeah, good to have you back on the program. Appreciate it very much. Last time we've had you on, it's, uh, we've seen an evolution, I think, in a continuous evolving within the Republican Party as we look to clean things up. And I have to admit, I'm liking what I'm seeing, but I'm concerned that it's not going to last very long. As we had uh, the attack on Marjorie Taylor Greene a while ago and trying to kick her out of different committees. But now we've seen the booting of Liz Cheney out of the leadership in the Republican Party because of her assault on Donald Trump and Donald Trump supporters and even officials that, that supported Donald Trump. Uh, and then we saw a piece just a, about a week or so ago of it was funny because it wasn't even elected Republicans. It said Republicans and former elected Republicans, a hundred of them, said unless we boot the Trump movement out of the party, they're going to start their own third party, which I say to that by Felicia, because we're done with people who are just anti, you know, the, the movement, the platform of the Republican Party at this time that I just don't understand. Are we moving in the right direction and can we actually maintain this momentum? 
Well, Andy, that's a we're in a very complicated moment. So let me describe what I think is is the way is the way forward. Um, uh, you know, I, th- I think the answer really is to is to not not to go back to the 1980s or the 1990s, but to go back to 1776 mm-hmm. and and reapply and reboot the founders' principles of, of constitutional limited government to today's challenges. And so, so the way to do that creatively, and I think in a way that 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 understands all the different factions and different parts of the of the Republican Party. You know, conservative movement, and look, I, and I'm a conservative long before I'm a Republican, yeah, and, and I always have been. Um, you know, Tom, my old boss Tom Coburn would always joke that look, he was he was in the minority uh, of, of the majority party long before <laughs> Republicans ever ever took charge. So, so I'm very comfortable being kind of in the minority uh, mindset. Uh, but all I have to say is, I, I think when, when you look at some of the successful coalitions of the past thirty years. Uh, one that stands out obviously is the Reagan coalition. So, so the, what Reagan's genius was, you know, he took he took a sunny optimism, but he was also a fighter. He was a, he was a warrior in, in a different way tonally than Donald Trump has been. But what Reagan's genius is, he had that three legged stool of social conservatism, foreign policy conservatism, and fiscal conservatism. And he built a coalition that was very successful, and they did a lot of great things for the for the country and really the world. I mean, he that he helped defeat totalitarianism. Uh, Donald Trump, I think he saw, and I, and I've it, it, somebody who's who's a good friend of mine is Rick Santorum. So mm-hmm. Rick Santorum is on our is actually an advisor to our group. I've done work on healthcare policy with Rick before, and uh, and Rick wrote a book called Blue Collar Conservatism back in 2014. And at the time, you know, Rick was a little bit ahead of the curve. You know, he he articulated a message that uh, people weren't quite re- ready for, and and he would be the first to admit that. Look, you know, Donald Trump communicated in a way that captured people's imagination sure. in a way that he didn't. I mean, he's he was he's very self-effacing in that way. Uh, but his his sort of idea was right, and what he did was he took the Reagan. Coalition and said, "Look, our our party, you know, this is you know seven eight years ago is changing. That the people who are coming to the conservative fold are people who feel alienated and ostracized by this kind of radical left wing socialism, you know, the the emerging woke you know type mentality that didn't quite have that woke name back then, uh, you know. And Donald Trump read Rick's book and and incorporated a lot of it into his message." Um, and so, and now, now we have, uh, you know, a whole crop of people who I think have have a pretty clear sense of where they want to go. You know, Jim, Jim Banks is somebody I follow closely and respect. You know, he has a he has a good memo that talks about working class. You know, conservatism. Um, I don't I don't quite like the term working class, but I like I like his blue collar approach that you want to the GOP can't be the party of rich you know rich people on Wall Street that right. that's not where the where the country is uh, but we need to be the party of, of of middle America we need to be the party of uh, upper mobility uh, limited government conservatism um, and and you know we need to be a, a bigger tent and a bolder tent where we can welcome you know who people regard as the you know the the old guard the Liz Cheney's uh, of the party, uh, but also make room for Jim Banks, and I, th- I think there's a way to to walk and chew gum at the same time, uh, and that's that's where I think we need to go. But I think it's I, th- I think the the, the the criticism I have of Trump is that whenever 
whenever we get focused on personality rather than policy, right. we start to lose our focus. I and, completely agree. I mean, uh, we, we definitely need to focus and on... And that's the problem. Yeah, I mean, the, the policy is where we need to be, and I think too many people got into the hype of Donald Trump and, you know, the the mean tweets or the tweets that they like and that he just doesn't hold back, and wh- whether you like him, dislike him, whatever. I mean, to me, conservatism is whether you are part of the blue-collar working class, whether you're part of the quote-unquote elite or the business or the Fortune 500 company owner or whatever it is, conservatism is leave me alone, let me do my thing, because when I can thrive and I make my own personal decisions, then guess what? I get to start business, I get to hire people, or I get to increase my own wealth, I get to properly take care of my family, I get to do my thing. So no matter where you're at on the spectrum, if you just leave me alone and you do your thing, I'll do my thing, everything's hunky-dory, then I do well, my neighbors do well, my community does well, and we do better as a whole as a nation. And that's what that's the message that needs to go Across the nation, Trump did a really good job reaching out to inner city communities that usually didn't hear about a conservative message of you have an opportunity to get educated. You have an opportunity to get a higher education. You have an opportunity to start a business because I'm going to lower your taxes. You have an opportunity to do well because I'm going to cut the red tape and make it less difficult for you to actually pursue your dreams. That's the message that conservatives need to pursue. That's right. That's right. And I, and I think, you know, Trump does not get enough credit for what he did with minority audiences. I mean, he yeah. he, he, he outperformed previous Republican candidates. Uh, the party grew in its support uh, in, within minority communities because he simply said, look, you know, what do you have to lose? I mean, the left, so there's, there's this breathtakingly ridiculous myth that minorities are underrepresented in leadership in urban areas where you have cities like Baltimore that have been that have been led by have had minority representation for for decades and 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 this this idea that we have quote institutional racism and and that there it's impossible for people to move up the ladder uh you know is is ridiculous yeah, there absolutely is still issues with racism i mean Tim, senator tim scott acknowledged that his in his response to biden's speech uh, but he said look america is not a is not a racist country yeah. And and I think that's message of sort of common sense decency, where we embrace the founders' vision of equality, embrace what MLK talked about, where we're not judged by the color of our skin, but the content of our character. I mean, those are those are winning common sense messages. Um, and and the other appeal of Trump's message, of course, was in country in uh, in uh, areas like Florida, where you have people coming from countries like Venezuela and Cuba, uh, Latin American countries where they've witnessed socialism firsthand. I mean, they don't, they don't want to see us slide into, into the socialist uh, dark age like wow. Venezuela is. Do you think Republicans have done a good job with those messaging or at least gotten better with it? The last Republican convention last year during the election, that's what they focused on. They focused on limited government and they showed business growth. And then they focused on minorities and how minority businesses have been growing under Donald Trump and under the Republican administrations. And they did a huge push on that. Do you think that we've gotten better at that messaging or do we still have some work to do? Yeah, and you know, I, I really do. I think I think we have gotten better at it. I think I think Tim Scott's uh, you know speech was was representative of that. I think the the convention was actually ex- extremely well put together, well organized. Uh, it and it it gets to the to the to the challenge is that is that for all of Donald Trump's strengths, his, his biggest weakness is that he cancels out his own message, and then that's what he did during the campaign. Um, and and that's really why he lost. Uh, so so, but I think the message is is has been 
calibrated, has been modified, and I think is and and really the, the challenge is to, is to get out of our own way, <laughs> because as you as you described earlier, is that if you if you simply give people the freedom and the opportunity uh, to pursue their their own dream, I mean that's really what people want more than anything. And and the fundamental difference between the two parties, the two movements, is you know progressives and Democrats offer free stuff, and we offer freedom, yeah. and we can't always compete. If 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 our response to the free stuff agenda is to just offer free stuff but slightly less expensive, you know we're going to lose that argument. If we if we offer a different worldview that that emphasizes freedom. Then, then we win. Then we prevail, and we connect with people. Yeah, amen to that. I mean, the Democrats do really good at being able to give away that free stuff. We saw that in the primaries with their presidential election, where they competed to see who could give away the more free goodies, and uh, they, right. they went as far left as they possibly could. We're talking with John Hart, co-founder, executive director of the Conservative Coalition for Climate Solutions. You can find them online: c3solutions.org. That's see the number three solutions.org. We got to take a break here. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Sure. You bet. Happy I, I appreciate that. When I come, when we come back, I want to talk about what you just mentioned with the party getting out of its own way. And can we do that? And are we starting to do that as we have this kind of divide within the party between the elite establishment, uh, Republicans, the blue collar workers and some of the conservative Tea Party or libertarians, kind of a three way break tie within this party? Who's going to prevail and who's going to lead the, uh, the party moving forward? I think it's going to be a big conversation as we go into the midterm elections where I know that Republicans are really fired up going into elections already because we're seeing candidates jump in to midterm elections that are a year and a half out already all over the country and it's really fun to see we'll do that when we come back here for a friday wrapping up the week's program right here on the voice reason stay here the voice of reason with andy hoosier hey it's andy hoosier with the voice of reason fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online. Helping you defend and preserve this great republic. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, i got to make a confession as we wrap up here on a Friday that I am kind of excited over the next week or two as the government's supposed to release all this UFO information to the Congress and to the public. Harry Reid, I've never agreed on with Harry Reid on just about anything. I kind of agree with him on a piece that he wrote on what we believe about UFOs and talked about his experience throughout uh, being curious about UFOs and then doing some research and getting into public office and kind of looking into it as well. So he's pretty excited about the release as well. We'll see what it has to say. I don't know, but uh, UFOs coming here in the next... I'm going to keep talking about it. No one else has really talked about it before us because I'm a nerd like that, and we like things like that. Weird news of the day. Yeah. So we'll stay on top of that one, and I don't care whether you uh, believe it or not. You can believe whatever you want to. I totally believe in the aliens, and I'm ready for them to finally be announced publicly, and we're going to make it happen. That's not what we're talking about right now, though. We are talking with John Hart with uh, Conservative Coalition for Climate Solution as we talk about the future of the Republican Party moving forward. And, John, I kind of set the stage as we went into that break, is right now the Republican Party's been torn between the kind of the establishment, big government Republicans, which I think have kind of run the party for a while. While we saw after the Reagan era, we saw it go kind of go back to that with George H.W. Bush and then George Bush and then with the John McCain candidacy and then with the Mitt Romney candidacy. So we kind of had a long stint of bigger government Republicans kind of running the party and being the face of the party. That's why it was such a shock for many individuals with Donald Trump coming in. But we have that club. Then we had the. Tea Party conservatives, and then we have kind of the libertarians that I'm trying to bring back into the party. Because if conservatives and libertarians right. united, then we would actually have a party that had a foundation of values and morals and principles that they stood on and refused to back down. And we could really take back this party. Yeah, Andy, yeah, that's a that's a great insight. You know, there's there's a poll that came out that I, is worth looking at just for a minute here. It's it's from Economist YouGov. You know, and it's it's a pretty. They're not conservative by any means, but they're they're centrist. Um, and they, they, what they found is that if this was a generic kind of look at what who people support going into the twenty twenty two midterms, so the Democratic Party candidate got thirty eight percent, the Republican who supports Trump got thirty three percent, and a Republican who doesn't support Trump got seven percent. So you add up that thirty three plus seven, the pro Trump and anti Trump, and you've got forty percent, which beats the Democrat. Yeah. Uh, and and with and there's a, there's a real split. This is really important between the 18 and 29 bracket. Uh, among Republicans, 22% pro Trump, 13% are, are anti Trump. Wow. So what that tells you is that is that if we go in divided and and we don't stick together, then then the Democrats could well uh, stay in the majority in the House. I mean, the conventional wisdom is you know typically. The president's party loses seats in the first midterm, and that's been the case historically. Uh, but it would be foolish just to assume that's going to happen. Um, 
and I think your your take is right. And having having lived through kind of the you know 1994 revolution, I mean, I came on the hill just after that. Uh, you know, Tom Coburn was a part of the '94. That was when the Tea Party was was innocent. You know, the the limited government, constitutional conservatives, and and we tried as hard as we could to get the Bush administration to be more fiscally conservative, and they yeah. thought we were nuts. They thought we were hayseeds. But then looking back, I guarantee you they wish they would have gone that direction because they don't like where Trump took things. Sure. And so I think the answer is, you know, how do you merge that that sort of populist strain and and that and that libertarian and the conservatives? And I think that's really where where the energy and momentum is. Um, and so it, it really, I think a lot depends on if if Trump wages these kind of vengeance primaries. That's not going to be helpful because what that's going to do is is inspire you know Liz Cheney and and others to just split off and form their own party. And if that if that happens, then you know the, you know Democrats will do quite well you know in 2022 and also 2024. So uh, that's that's where I think we're headed. But I think you know the the party is doing a much better job communicating to younger people. You know we just put a report out. On on the environment and climate that says free free economies are clean economies. So yeah. so we just we just hired away Nick Loris from the Heritage Foundation, and uh, and that's that's if we communicate that message to millennials, Generation Y, we're going to win, do do well for the next generation. It's all the imaging and it's all the presentation that we give, the re-education that we're trying to present. And again, I always say the Republican Party needs to come back down to the primaries, spar, challenge the ideas, challenge the thoughts but then unite in the general election because that's what we do the worst. And you're right, we are our own worst enemy and we shoot ourselves in the foot most of the time. John Hart, Conservative Coalition for Climate Solution. Always good to talk to you, my friend. We'll get you back on the show again real soon. Always a pleasure. Hey, you as well. Appreciate that very much. That is for us today. Back at it on Monday. we got a laundry list of guests going in uh, next week, so make sure to stay tuned in. Until then, be your own voice reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth. And always speak some reason. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Everyone have a great Friday. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.